Welcome to episode number 74 of the Rock and Roll Research Podcast, where we share the super cool backstories and side gigs of the research and insights pros that you trust. Super excited today to welcome Andy Poe to the program. Andy is the founder and CEO of a really cool agile insights firm called Tastemakers Research Group, who pioneered a really innovative testing methodology called the pop-up CLT, which is some really cool stuff. Now, Andrea has done work for many great brands uh, and companies along the way, like Del Monte and The Wonderful Group and Coca-Cola and many others. Uh, But she's also a member of the International Sensory Evaluations Standards Committee for the American Society of Testing and Materials. Uh, That's a mouthful, no pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) Now, (laughs) that's right, that's right. Now, earlier in her career, Andy worked at the convergence of research and rock and roll for early free uh, file sharing site called mp3.com that actually predated Napster, if you can believe that. So uh, that's really interesting. I can't wait to dig into that and more with Andy today. So welcome to the podcast, Andy. Thank you so much. Uh, Thank you for having me. I love research and I love rock and roll. So I think we have a lot to talk about. (laughs) You're in the right place. That's for sure. I feel like I am. (laughs) Now, I do have to say, you know, I'm I'm wearing my, my college colors here today. Minnesota Gophers, because uh, Andy and I are both alums of the University of Minnesota. We're both Golden Gophers, so that's that's cool stuff. So uh, <laughs> I'm happy to have go you go for, for that reason alone. Yeah, go Gophers, absolutely. Cool. All right, so let's uh, let's get into it, Andy. Let's let's talk research. Uh, so I know you went to Minnesota and you were at the Minnesota Daily, the paper was yep. really cool. But how did uh, research pop up into your career? So early on, I had jobs in media and advertising and marketing, uh, and I really just always took a research focus. I was just interested in knowing uh, why people buy what they buy and uh, how they came to that decision. So it was just a curiosity, and I I think most people in research, you know, uh, understand that and feel the same for the most part. So Right. Um, but at the Minnesota Daily, I started as a account executive in okay. Dinky Town, was yep. my territory, and then I got promoted to marketing director. Uh, and about the same time, uh, Rev 105, the radio yeah. station came out. Yeah, absolutely. Rev 105. I remember it well. Yep. And so I wanted to do a partnership with them, so, you know, so that they could kind of elevate us uh, because yeah. that was like the big first alt rock radio station in Minnesota, probably one of the first really big ones in the nation, I'm I'm guessing. Right. Uh, And so what I did is I sent a bouquet of flowers made out of the Minnesota Daily Newspapers, (laughs) and I sent it anonymously, sort of like this, you know, partner, like love letter to Kevin Cole. Uh, Yeah. And he called me back. (laughs) <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, 
so that was sort of my yeah so that was kind of one of my one of my first forays into working with music and 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 media but at before that i worked uh, as an account executive for a radio station in grand rapids michigan called wlav and that was the classic rock radio station that covered you know all of southwest michigan so um that was great working at a radio station and uh you know, I love the classic rock. I grew up with the classic rock in the 70s. We'll explore that a little bit later. So where, where did uh, research come into play? At WAV, at the radio station, they had really cool tools where you could sort of, you know, uh, look at the demographics um, in a certain area. So what I would do is I would map, you know, I would find these companies or businesses um, or products and I would sort of um, match the demographics of the um, the listenership mm-hmm. to uh, a company's demographics and it sort of really helped me to uh, sell a lot of advertising yeah. WLAD. Awesome. <laughs> it works. Research works. It does. <laughs> it does work. Definitely. And then uh, I also had a job uh, for a company called Wolverine Worldwide. And what they do is they um, manufacture uh, and market shoes. So okay. some of their brands are Caterpillar, uh, Merrill, Coleman. But uh, while I was working there, they sent me to the CMJ Music Festival. Oh, nice. And it was the Caterpillar brand. And uh, I got to drop off shoes for Billy Corgan, Smashing Pumpkins. <laughs> wow. Um, the band Not a Surf. Yeah. And Beth Orton. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. That's really cool. All right. It was pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Brushes with fame there. That's that's really cool. All right. So so tell us about uh, Tastemakers. So Tastemakers Research Group, uh, we are a, um, you know, mainly a consumer taste test uh, methodology uh, called the pop-up CLT, which mm-hmm. stands for uh, consumer location testing. So right. essentially what we do is we go to the consumer, uh, wow. you know, sort of where they live, work, and play. We kind of, you know, where they're comfortable, where they're in an environment where they can be themselves, and yet it's still anonymous, so they can write all kinds of interesting things yeah. <laughs> in our in our openings because uh it's a very authentic approach to right. sort of you know reaching people uh in their own environment sure sure yeah meeting them where they are and so i, I love that subtle difference instead of central location testing it's consumer location testing right meeting yes. them where they are. that's that's really cool awesome so so I know from when we talked before you worked for MP3 and that's some yeah. early days in the, when, you know, uh, file sharing and streaming was, was, uh, uh, a much maligned space, right. It's completely disrupting the, the whole business model for music. So tell us about, tell us about that experience. Right. So, um, so I ended up moving to California because why not? Right. <laughs> that's so, right. Uh, I, I did. I, I got a job as a research manager for mp3.com. Yeah. And this is right in the 1999-2000.com boom. Uh, so mp3.com raised about $350 million in their IPO. Oh, Billy Idol 
played at the IPO party. Wow. And um, <laughs> I know <laughs> it was it was really extravagant. It was a really extravagant time. I, I don't think we're going to see that again. Um, but uh, so the, the company raised all that money, but a they don't own uh, the you know, the technical or, or digital license to mp3.com and they didn't own any music content. It was literally just the URL that they had, the mp3.com. So. <laughs> Those are crazy. Right. <laughs> it was, it was, yeah. uh, it was crazy times, but it was, it was so exciting yeah. um, to, to be in that, mm -hmm. uh, you know, because I just, I remember going to work and every day there'd be 20 new people there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Crazy. So, so what did research entail back then? So, what the research entailed was, uh, you know, online surveys. We were we were doing. I was doing Zoomerang back then. Oh yeah, uh, I think you might still be around. Zoomerang, yeah. Yeah, yeah, old school Zoomerang. Yeah. Uh, and you know, a lot of secondary, a lot of uh, secondary research and compiling reports uh, for management. Uh, and but then also, you know, on the consumer side. I would uh, talk to consumers about what, you know, about usability, which mm -hmm. I know you're very familiar with. Yep. And, and one of the examples I use is that way back then, uh, you know, I remember I still had AOL and there wasn't really such thing as broadband except for maybe at work. Right. So, um, so I remember, you know, I had some, I had some mock-ups uh, where they're trying to figure out how to let people know um, if they, whether, you know, if they had broadband, they could listen to it in, in, you know, high speed, or if it was dial-up, they wanted to, they wanted to select that. So, um, this was actually kind of my first foray into pop-up CLT, I would say, because I would, I would take uh, boards, you know, down to the beach. And I would ask people, you know, which one they think uh, they they would they would understand as far as something being, um, you know, lower speed or higher speed. And so we ended up coining a lo-fi and hi-fi for those options back in nice. 1999. <laughs> oh, so cool, so cool. So, so I know you're so you're working at in high tech right back then and now you do a lot of consumer products um sort of like um uh you know more less traditional to more traditional now so what what have you kind of learned from you know beyond hey here's an opportunity to do pop-up clt but is there anything else you learned from that space that you've applied to the work that you're doing now um absolutely uh you know being being in race market research, I, I think uh, what what I always try to do is look at it from a marketer's perspective, because uh, you know anytime you're doing research, it's got to tie back to sales right. uh, or market share or brand relevance, mm -hmm. and that's really I think. Uh, what helps with uh, my, you know, my marketing background is yeah. that I can speak their language versus speaking a research language with sometimes no offense to all my research people who are the best, by the way, they're just the nicest people um, and the smartest people and the most hardworking, but can be a little obtuse sometimes. Yep. 
So it's important to really, you know, speak the language of, uh, you know, your, your audience, which is generally, you know, so we work with a ton of brand managers, CMOs, marketing directors, uh, yeah. Even, you know, CEOs, because we, you know, for smaller companies, and so we need to really translate what we're doing into how that will grow their business. Yeah, I, you know, I love the fact that early on, you were responsible for the results of research, you know, way back when, when you're, you're trying to sell media, right, you're relying on the data, either it works or it doesn't but you could feel it in your guts, you know, you know, if it's, if it's actually going to help you or not. And that's such a valuable perspective in, in terms of what you're doing now. Yeah. Cool yeah, stuff. definitely. And, and I would say again, you know, at, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you are, if we're talking about uh, shoelaces, mm -hmm. soap, semiconductors, yeah. or system of a down. Yeah. <laughs> all the same, it's, you know, we all have the same goals. And I bring yeah. up system of a down because I also had a job where I shared an office with him, with Shavo. You're <laughs> kidding me. <laughs> wow. It was really nice. <laughs> I got to, I got to hang out with you more, Andy. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> wow. That's so cool. All right. So, so you have been kind of at the forefront of, of a lot of things in, in research, you know, different kinds of companies, but also methodologies that you've brought to bear. So from your perspective, what, what do you see as you look at the future of research? Well, I think, again, uh, keeping things simple, mm. you know, what tastemakers does, it's, it's a very simple concept. People call it genius, but it's it's really just it, it, practical on all levels. Right. Um, you know, so the mechanics of calling someone in and pre-recruiting them one at a time um, is obviously longer. It's going to take longer, and it's going to be more expensive um, than going to where we're already going to find a higher incidence of, for example, a, you know, a nutrition bar or um, a lemonade a fast mm -hmm. food lemonade uh, than the general population. And uh, we set up and we make it easy for them to get screened in and take a survey and then they'll get a, uh, you know, a incentive reward gift, gift card at the end for their participation. Yeah, cool, cool, awesome. So, so I know you're super busy, right? Um, and this is a podcast. So I'm curious to know what media you turn to. Could be a podcast, could be any kind of media. What do you turn to for inspiration, insight, or enjoyment? Well, I, I do like Twitter. Okay. I like I like Twitter. You know, we've got our tastemakers research Twitter, and I have my, you know, Andrea Poe, CEO Tastemakers Twitter. But um but it's funny, you know, I mean, media, I, I actually, it's so funny. I have Napster now. I have the paid version of Napster. Oh, wow. But yeah. going back to that, you know, Napster and mp3.com suffered the same fate where they basically took all the music, mm -hmm. like literally all the music, all the CDs that were out, put them on their servers and then let people listen to them for free. Yep. And then they got sued out of existence. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> oh, so that's how that story ended. Um, but, uh, 
but yeah, I have Napster now, so I have my playlists and uh, I enjoy, and I have, I actually have uh, Amazon Music as well. So cool. I enjoy just looking for new music and making new playlists and, uh, and that kind of thing. Okay, very nice. All right, so you brought up the topic of music. So that's, that's really, this is really what we want to talk about, right? So you've mentioned a few things, you know, some, some elbows you've rubbed along the way and some of the music you listened to growing up, but now it's the real test, right? So Andy, you're stranded on a desert island. You've got three records of your choosing to keep you company for the rest of your days. What are those records? Okay, so uh, I thought about this, you know, because we've been talking for a couple of weeks and I wanted to pick records that I can, you know, where I enjoy every single song. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. And it gives me no a little bit. Yeah. What's that? No bummers. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, because, you know, we don't really list, you know, all of my music is on a playlist. So, and I just randomize it. Yep. So, um, but there used to be a time when there were several, you know, albums, many that I would listen to, um, you know, all at the same time. Sure. Uh, and so that's kind of how I was thinking about it. And uh, what I came up with is my first, my first one would be Tom Petty, Full Moon Fever. Ah, yes, yes. Very nice record. Yeah. My classic, awesome. yes, my classic rock roots. Um, and then... My second would have to be New Order Substance. Oh, plus it's, yes. a, plus it's a double album, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So double the fun there. You turn three into four. <laughs> exactly. And then the last one I would have to say, which I already told you, is uh, Def Leppard Pyromania. Yes. I can yes. always listen to that, uh, you know, from cover to cover or, you know, a, a side and B side and back and forth. So. Yeah, yeah, that uh, that record was absolutely seminal for me as well. I remember uh, in my neighborhood, we had the one really cool kid. His name was Scott Hobbs, and he had the biggest boombox. And he'd walk down the street with the boombox, and he was he was playing uh, Pyromania. Either that or Joan Jett, I love rock and roll, one or the other. But you got out of Scott's way because the the cool was just. You could only fit so much on one street, so much cool on one street. <laughs> yeah, no, de definitely. I think, yeah, I, I, we, we had, we had those guys too, and it was, uh, at that time, it was, it was really, it was, it was, it was pretty awesome and pretty different. Um, but you know, but I, actually, I think my favorite, one of my favorite bands is Guns N' Roses. I, yeah. I don't have them on there just because uh, Appetite is, I. You know, I've just heard it so many times, but I got to say, um, I think that my favorite Guns N' Roses song is called 14 Years, and it's on Use Your Illusion 2. Oh, interesting. Okay, okay. And then after that, there's a song called uh, Get in the Ring, and it's it's got to be the most rock and roll song I've, I mean, it's got to be up there with yeah the yeah. most rock and roll song of rock and roll songs. You know what? I'm going to check it out because honestly, I, I did love Appetite. It was uh, for me, it was a guilty pleasure because I was more on the thrash metal side back then, you know, right, it was, right. It was Slayer and Metallica yeah. and everything like that. And so Guns N' Roses, ah, you know, that's hair, hair metal. Yeah. Appetite was so good that 
Um, it was good. I mean, it is good. <laughs> it is. It's great. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But but I don't know user illusions so much. So I'm definitely going to check out those tunes. So yeah, check out. Yeah, useful. check out user illusion too. I believe it's. Uh, I believe they're. Yeah, well, to CD, but I was going to say B side, but. I don't even know if people know what that means anymore. So <laughs> yeah, I know you got to be careful with some of these terms. They're like, uh, what? What? <laughs> exactly. Even like now, the pencil and the cassette. <laughs> so some people, some people give me grief for uh, you know making this Desert Island question about three albums because yeah, you know it's about playlists now. So and, yeah, but but that's why <laughs> that's why it made me think. You know you know, which ones would I want with me that I can just, you know, listen to every single song and enjoy, you know, practically every single song, just as much as I always have. Awesome. Well, excellent choices, Andy. Uh, it's been a great chat. Uh, next time I'm in Los Angeles, would love to get together. Yes. Have a cup of coffee. Uh, rock Definitely. A little bit here and there. So <laughs> let's figure it out. But Let's definitely stay in touch and rock and roll. Yeah.